Welcome to the EADV podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Adriana. And I'm Daniel. And we welcome you to the program. Every month, the JDV chooses and highlights four articles in a section called Editor's Picks. Today, we explore the Editor's Picks for January 2023. We will be exploring the topics rapid control of itch and atopic dermatitis using a JAK inhibitor, prevalence of chronic pruritus and multiple sclerosis, microwave treatment of compensatory hyperhidrosis beyond the axilla, and transitioning to adulthood and the acne skin microbiome. But before we get into that... Applying for EADV membership allows you to become part of a vibrant international community of professionals and gives you access to a variety of benefits and tools to deepen your knowledge while remaining up to date in your latest findings in your specialty. You're just two steps away from becoming an EADV member. Apply today. Visit EADV.org if you wish to learn more. Save the date for our upcoming symposium hosted in Seville, Spain, 18th to the 20th of May 2023. Discover the latest scientific updates across acne, pigmentary disorders, atopic dermatitis, pediatric dermatology, and more. The symposium format offers you the chance to meet leaders in your specialty from all over Europe and beyond. Stay tuned for more. And now, the editor's picks. Rapid control of itch in atopic dermatitis using Janoskinase inhibitor. The itch scratch cycle impacts the quality of life of patients suffering from atopic dermatitis. Rapid and sustained reduction of itch, often the most burdensome symptom of this condition, is an important treatment goal for physicians, patients, and caregivers. Blauwelt and colleagues describe results from two pivotal trials investigating a topical non-steroidal jack inhibitor, ruxolitinib cream. The studies included 1,200 adolescents and adults with an IgA score of 2 or 3, randomized in a 2 to 1 ratio, 2.75 ruxolitinib cream and a 1.5% ruxolitinib cream or vehicle cream for 8 weeks of double-blinded treatments. The investigators found that twice-daily applications as monotherapy led to a rapid and sustained itch reduction. Either strength of the cream achieved a clinically important greater than 2-point itch reduction within approximately 12 hours along with further improvement throughout eight weeks. There was also a 36-hour clinically meaningful reduction in itch as a greater than four-point itch reduction with further improvement throughout eight weeks. Itch reduction was observed regardless of subgroup with a greater proportion of patients who applied ruxolitinib cream achieving a greater than four-point improvement at eight weeks versus vehicle regardless of demographics or baseline characteristics. The authors conclude with a discussion of a role of JAK inhibitor in mediation of itch and the benefits of reducing itch quickly in terms of adherence. How prevalent is chronic pruritus in multiple sclerosis? Little is known about the prevalence of itch in multiple sclerosis, although surveys suggest that it occurs frequently and that some patients report transient painful episodes of itching. In a multidisciplinary approach involving dermatology and neurology departments, Ingrassi and colleagues performed one of the first large-scale cross-sectional studies of chronic pruritus in MS. A total of 77 patients with multiple sclerosis were enrolled from the American MS Center of Excellence Outpatients Neurology Clinic, and those that experienced symptoms of pruritus for at least six weeks completed itch and quality-of-life-related questionnaires. Results of this study suggest that 35% of patients with MS experienced paroxysmal neuropathic pruritus that was frequently localised to the extremities, face or scalp, occurring on average three times per day for an average 14 minutes plus or minus 11 minutes each episode. Furthermore, these patients were more likely to have MS-related comorbidities such as fatigue, heat sensitivity, 
cognitive impairment, depression or anxiety. Additionally, patients with itch had significantly more demyelinating lesions localised in the posterior cervical cord, anterior pons or ventromedial medulla based on results from the most recent MRI imaging within the past year. These findings may indicate a pathogenesis of itch in MS involving demyelination of ascending itch fibres or inhibitory interneurons within these respective areas, which could pave the way for future targeted therapies. It is important for clinicians to be aware that the prevalence of neuropathic itch in patients with MS may be higher than previously thought. Microwave treatment of compensatory hyperhidrosis beyond the axilla. Compensatory hyperhidrosis can be difficult to care after sympathetic surgery, leaving patients disappointed, and though botulinum toxin injection can be used, it remains a temporary treatment. Kim and colleagues propose that microwave devices are unique in achieving permanent results for compensatory hyperhidrosis of the trunk in absence of clear treatment options. They are used to achieve prolonged sweat reduction through thermoblastation of sweat glands. According to the authors, microwave devices offer an alternative to other permanent solutions for severe compensatory hypohidrosis and have the advantage of being non-invasive and repeatable. The article describes satisfactory, well-tolerated use of this technique in a 29-year-old patient who experienced recurrent severe sweating of the trunk area since thoracic sympathectomy and hypohidrosis of the palms seven years ago. Although typically used in the axilla, the use of microwave devices in the trunk area for this condition is promising and warrants further clinical studies. Transitioning to adulthood and the acne skin microbiome. In an interesting cross-sectional pilot study among adolescent volunteers with and without acne, Schneider and colleagues identified a significant transition point for the facial skin microbiome between early and late puberty. Through genetic sequencing, they found that Cutibacterium acne strains classified within the single locus sequence type clusters of A, D and F are most affected by puberty and thus are likely responsive to sex hormones, e.g. increased androgen production. Instead, SLST cluster H was most affected by the presence of acne. This study supports that as children mature and sebum production increases, a distinct acne skin microbiome develops that is characterised by decreased bacterial diversity, altered C. acne strain colonization and increased porphyrin metabolism, vital in vitamin B12 synthesis. The article draws to a close with a discussion around metabolic pathways and related vitamin B metabolism which may influence skin inflammation. Our first article was Rapid Pruritus Reduction with Riloxonitinib Cream in Patients with Atopic Dermatitis by Blauvelt and co-authors. Our second article was Chronic Pruritus and Multiple Sclerosis and Clinical Correlates by Ingranchi and co-authors. Our third article was Treatment of Severe Compensatory Hyperhidrosis with Submicrowave Device by Kim and co-authors. Our fourth article was Evolution of the Facial Skin Microbiome During Puberty in Normal and Acne Skin by Schneider and co-authors. Of course, all the research presented today can be found in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. Though you can find free access and open access articles, EADV members benefit greatly by having access to all articles and content. We would like to give a special thank you to all of our listeners. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or otherwise find us on any major podcast provider. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode, take care of your skin. <laughs>